Before history is written, it's played. Before it's frozen in time, it's fought one shift at a time. Before it's etched in silver, it's carved in ice. What happens next will last forever. The Stanley Cup Final on ABC and ESPN Plus begins Saturday. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. With threats to our nation waiting around every corner, adaptability is more important than ever. When conditions change without notice, quick strategic thinking is crucial. And with obstacles consistently impending, determination is essential in overcoming them. It's this willingness, decisiveness, and resilience that sets Marines apart. With our fighting spirit, we don't just fight battles, we win them. Marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown. And through adaptable problem solving, we do just that. Learn more at Marines.com. Welcome along, welcome along to the Shackles Are Off podcast and well, <laughs> the less said about the conclusion to that India series, the better I think, gentlemen. It was um, probably not the best viewing, in fact, actually, unbelievably, it was only meant to finish a couple of days ago if it had gone to the final day. It seems like it's been finished for like weeks and weeks, doesn't it? So we'll try not to dwell on it too much. Um, Jack Brooks and Chris Millard with us as ever. Um, but Brooksy, good news for you because you're, uh, you know, your training's going well. The cricket season is just around the corner. Yeah, mate. That April the eighth date for the first county championship games coming around very quickly at the minute, and obviously I'm hoping to be fit for it. I then had a, a mad winter of rehab and surgeries and stuff, but I was bowling outdoors this week, which. It's always nice. It's a bit of sunshine. It wasn't too cold. It wasn't like it is today. It's a bit very windy and rainy last night. Um, but yeah, no, it's all it's all positive signs. And uh, I'm looking forward to the cricket season starting, even if I'm not fit for the first game anyway. And it won't be long before we can get crowds in as well, which is good, obviously, for the likes of you two as well. Yeah, absolutely, mate. It's very exciting. We're, um, yeah, the India series wasn't great, but... We won a test match in India, away from home. Yeah, correct. Just, Look, three all as well. Straight. Like yeah. over the over the series, you know, England against opponents, three all in a winter. They'd have probably taken that. The first test is the only one that counts, oh, anyway, well. isn't it? The, th- the next three weren't official, were they? Yeah. Well, what we've done is we've lost <laughs> the last three, so that they'll come over here a little bit too confident. We'll roll them five now. Yeah. 
All right, I like and, this. I like and abuse them the whole of the series. <clears throat> exactly. That's the plan anyway. <laughs> <laughs> I like the sound of that. Of course, we did do some uh, series predictions like we did for the Sri Lanka series. So if you've not sort of been across this or not heard us talk about this before, we asked for predictions in the Sri Lanka series, highest run scorers to, um, and, and then also highest wicket takers. We're going to give away two uh, tickets to a test match this summer. Obviously, nobody got it bang on. That's what we were asking for, people to get it bang on. So we rolled it over. So India series, we predicted the same. Runs and wicket takers upped it to four tickets. Nobody got them. Brooks, he said, Stokes, 492 runs and Leach, 20 wickets. Millard, you said, Root, 638 runs. And also Spotty for Rooty. He's still on the cards. And top wicket taker Broad with 19 wickets. I said Root, 612 runs and Don Best, 22 wickets. We're all miles off it. And I think pretty much everybody who sent in their predictions were also miles off it as well. So we're not going to do it for the T20s upcoming, but we'll do it for the ODIs, shall we, lads? And this time, Chris, we're going to give away how many tickets? Six tickets. It's like the lottery. It rolls over. It's going to roll over. Six tickets this year um, for a, a test match of your choice. However, um, while stocks last so we need to try and make sure that we um hold a few back which we will um so be quick to enter this competition for your chance to win six tickets this summer not wickets as greg nearly said you cannot win any wickets on the (laughs) (laughs) oh dear i know yeah okay all right fair i didn't explain that very well actually in fairness but you know sorry we're not recording this again um also, Barmy Army TV Awards on YouTube, absolutely quality. They are now live as we put this podcast out. So funny. We had a right laugh. We had Siddy on, Brooksy. You won't have seen this yet, will you? He was so funny. He's just properly bought into it. The stuff that me and Chris were asking him to do was just ridiculous. Like, absolutely ridiculous. But he's just such a legend. He bought into a, it. A close alias of mine said that he could be, or he is, the Keith Lemon of cricket. <laughs> we, we need to amplify his profile because he could be cricket Keith Lemon. And I actually rate that. <laughs> I, I think that could happen. Mate, he'd love to be a... He's desperate to be a TV celeb. I know that much. He's good. He, he properly bought into it. He's like he could easily do that. He's just he's just brilliant. So yeah, if you if you are listening to this and you think what are they on about, just go and have a look on the Barmy Army YouTube channel <laughs> as well. Um, now of course we're putting this out the day before England get off to that T Twenty series in India, and it's quite appropriate actually that our guest this week is Timon Mills. And we spoke to him last week from the comforts of all of our separate living rooms, actually. First time I've done it from home, which was a bit weird. And uh, Chris, you had a bit of an incident. So if people are watching the podcast back on YouTube, just explain what on earth was happening. Yeah, so it's 7... Excuse me. Yeah, it's 7.25. We're just settling down for the podcast. Tamal's coming on at 7.30. I'm sat in our living room, dining room area, but it's the closest room in the whole house to the front door. And at about 7.26, just as we're getting on with the lads, there's two big blokes at the door with high-vis on and hard hats. I'm like, no, what What do you want, lads? What do you want? YMCA. <laughs> yeah, well, that would have been great. What a feature that could have been. Anyway, open the door. Hi, lads. Yeah, Yorkshire Water. Oh, no. Um, we need to get in your manhole. I was like, manhole? Manhole? <laughs> I want to get in your hole. Wow. <laughs> There's a manhole in your garden. We need to get in it. I was like, well, sorry, lads. I'm on the podcast. They were like, well, your manhole. I was like, okay. <laughs> <laughs> okay. So run back in, lads. Hang on. Two lads want to get in my manhole. So I take them around to the back, showed them roughly where the manhole was. Luckily for us, it was 
had loads of grass over it, so they, they had to get the metal detector out. By the time they got the metal detector out, it was their time to clock off, so they said, we'll be back tomorrow. So it was very stressful, and you will see on YouTube, my eyes are often going off camera, and I am on mute a lot and occasionally turn my video off to see if they're in my manhole or not, but all was fine. Do not fear. I don't think we'd ever said the word manhole before on this podcast, and you've just said it about 15 times in two minutes there. It was great. Love it. Absolutely love it. Uh, on Tamal, though, he's a great guest, Brooksy. And uh, look, he t- told us loads of different things. He's the million pound man as well from the auction and stuff. But uh, look, there's so much more to him than that. And you room with him on a Lions tour years and years ago when he was a young lad. That was quite interesting to kind of hear his perspective on that because he's not even been playing cricket that long, but serious player. Yeah, Tamal's he's a good friend. I've known him obviously for quite a while. Um, since he was very young, since he broke into first class and sort of England set up when he was 19. So, um, yeah, he's a top man. He's really articulate. He's it's a great story, isn't it? For someone um, to come through cricket very late, kind of, um, I don't know how, to sort of stumbled into the game a little bit. And then a few years later, you're a million pound cricketer and sort of setting yourself up for life. Um, amazing story. Just feel really sorry for him with all the injuries. He's had like quite bad, serious injuries. Um chronic back issues and things so but he's a box office cricketer when he's playing you want to see him bowl fast don't you he's one of the fastest that we produced in this country um and a match winner in t20 cricket so i really hope he gets fit and has a good summer and gives himself a chance for you know the t20 world cup back end of the year and he's a he's a great guest i mean he's, he's funny as well and um entertaining entertaining bloke good talker really good talker actually could sort of listen to him for a lot longer um, but yeah, T Twenty World Cup would be mega for him, wouldn't it? He's is he, just... um, isn't he doing sports journalism degree as well? Well, he started one, didn't he? Mm. And then racked it. Um, what what do you think? Trying to be the next. Trying to be the next James Gregg, isn't he? Well, well I was going to say to you, I, I, I rated him. What do you think? We, we can BBC, make changes next season. BBC World Services, James Gregg. Are you People sacking me? Is, is this what you're trying to say in a roundabout way? You're sacking me, aren't you? That's what it is. I'm, su- I'm suggesting if we thought it was a, the right decision for the podcast, Tim Alf would come into your <laughs> Well, you know what? You could what? go to two-in-one because he's a professional cricketer and a journo, so you get rid of me and Greggy. <laughs> yeah. Have some time. Well. And our next guest on the podcast is a businessman who is an ex-cricketer as well, so maybe we could go the whole hog and replace me as well. <laughs> <laughs> just completely new clean slate for the Shackles are off podcast. Brutal, brutal times. Well, who knows? Next week it might not be us three, so we'll say goodbye. Right. Anyway, we'll we'll let we'll let's not hang around too long. Let's get straight into it then with Tamal Mills on the Shackles are off podcast. things off that you were born in Yorkshire um, yeah, Jewsbury mate. to be precise I mean you've obviously got not even the slightest Yorkshire accent so did you move away quite young did you yeah I got out when I could when I was um, <laughs> when I was two <laughs> <laughs> but yeah born born up in in, in Jewsbury but yeah so I moved down to Suffolk with my mum and then my auntie as well her family they 
they moved down to Suffolk as well. So um, I've still got family up there on my mum's side. Um, yeah, I go up every so often, but yeah, I was born, but but not bred for sure. Fair enough. I mean, what, what age did you get into cricket? When what, what kind of age are we talking when we saw a young Tamar Mills start actually wanging a ball down in the net? Oh, not till I was 14. Yeah, obviously I've you know, told the story a little bit now, but um, yeah, I never played cricket growing up. So where, where I grew up in Suffolk, cricket wasn't kind of uh, very widely played. Um, I went to I went to the state school. Um, only really the private schools around where I am uh, played cricket. So uh, it wasn't kind of an accessible sport. I played everything else, football, basketball, rugby, athletics, any anything else um, apart from cricket. And then I'd messed around in the park or whatever playing. But uh, yeah, when I was 14 at upper school, my mate, uh, his his team in the midweek league at Tottenham, they needed a an extra player. And um, yeah, I stepped in and uh, gave it a crack and just enjoyed it. And obviously it went, went, went quite well from there, you could say. Is that See, sport? Go on, Chris. I was just going to say, is that when you first realised how quick you could bowl? Yeah, so they gave me an over towards the end of the game, kind of to say, you know, thanks for helping out. I was playing in borrowed kit, playing in some trainers. But yeah, I kind of, I think I bowled a few wides, maybe a few no balls in, in that over. But it was, people were saying, oh, you know, you can bowl. Like that was, that you know, that wasn't bad. It was a decent pace and obviously being a left arm or something a bit different. So um, yeah, it was quite apparent early on that I could bowl quickly. I had literally no control over what I was doing like uh, when I say literally no control I mean it, it was, I was literally wide snowballs anything mainly bumpers um oh, shock but, horror. Yeah, as it, I know that's <laughs> I, I've taken that I've taken that and run with it into, into into the professional game as well but um yeah it's uh it was very wild and like, I just played socially I played village cricket for a couple of years and then kind of got pushed on to a bigger club when I was 15 16 a bit more established you know uh, more better facilities and then kind of again pushed on to Suffolk minor counties uh age group stuff and then from there they they kind of got the Essex uh, academy scouts academy coach to come and have a look at me and that's how I got down to down to Chelmsford you wanted to start doing sports journalism I mean you did you started a sports journalism degree um what was that a thing that you were eyeing up then I mean you know a bit like me actually those who can't do just end up talking about it or, you know, have you got any intentions to finish that off? Or what, what's, what's, what's the crack with that? Yeah, so when I was, so I went from, so I did my A-levels at school. And whilst I was doing my A-levels, I was on the academy at Essex. Um, so I was going down, the school were really good. They let me leave kind of two days a week early at lunchtime to head down to Chelmsford for training and stuff. Um, but yeah, by the time, so I turned, I, my birthday's in August, so I'm, kind of, I'm young for the year. So I... Um, I turned 18 in August. I didn't have a professional contract at that point. So I, you know, I didn't know I was still going to be a professional cricketer. I was on the academy still at Essex. I played some second team that summer. So yeah, I just went off to uni in September and um, yeah, had a cracker for, 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 a, for a winter. Um, I was still, I went down to, I went to the University of East London because it was close to, close to Chelmsford. Uh, I was obviously still in the academy there when I was 18. So I was still traveling over a couple of times a week. So I've, found a university that was within easy traveling distance to Chelmsford um yeah I think sports journalism was always you know I've, I love sport all sport I'm always watching it um it's something that I was interested in so it was kind of a, a natural fit for me um and yeah so I did a, I ended up dropping out in my second year when in fact I met Brooksy when I got on the um called up to the England Lions yeah, when I was 19 and we ended up doing I think we did like a month in South Africa then a month in Bangladesh 
So I was away for quite a lot. And obviously at that point, my cricket was obviously taking off and it, it became quite clear that, you know, this, this sports journalism degree could wait. So I deferred for as long as I could keep deferring for. And then, yeah, I've not, I've not been back since, but I still, I still try and do as much uh, work in the media as I can. Good stuff. Talk to me about that Lions tour. What was it like rooming with Brooksy then? I mean, it must have been an amazing experience kind of going from playing a bit of village cricket, not even having picked up a ball until you were 14, to then, you know, rooming with, with Brooksy in, in, in an England Lions shirt. I was the, um, I think I was the oldest on that. And Tamar yeah. was, Tamar was oh. the youngest because you were only 19. I forgot how young you were. Yeah, I was going to say it was weird because I was I was 19 and I was rooming with Brooksy, who was probably about, what, 31, 32 at the time. <laughs> so there was a bit of a bit of an age difference. but um... You called me granddad a lot, I think, or dad. <laughs> you called me dad a lot, didn't you? Yeah, well, I, look, I was young, so was, yeah, that, that would have been my, that would have genuinely been my first um, trip, really. Um, oh, no, sorry, I went with the England under-19s in the January before we went, we did a, a short tour to Sri Lanka. So it, it was only the second time I'd really been away from, from home, kind of, uh, apart from a, maybe the old school trip when I was when I was younger. So, yeah, we went to South Africa. We had a, a training camp in Potchef Stream for three, four weeks, however long that was. And it, it was nice. And it was, those those camps, as Brooks, you will, will know, they're, they're, they're good crack. You get a good group of lads. There's kind of six to eight of you. You're just training each day, small coaching staff. You um, you tend to, hopefully, if you've got a good group of lads, you'll get along well. You know, you go for your meals, you, you hang out together, you train hard, and then it's not a proper tour. There's no pressure of playing. There's no uh, consequence, really. Just as long as everybody works hard and chips in, you you have a really good time. So it was, it was was that was a nice trip. Um, and then, yeah, from there, I went, we went to, to Bangladesh um, in the new year. Uh, I'd, I only played one game. There was, I think there were five ODIs and, and two or three T20s. And yeah. I only played a game. I was very green. I think I'd played three games for Essex as a professional cricket. I think I played maybe two championship games and a, and a pro 40, I, I think. So that was kind of the extent of my professional career at that time. And I, you know, obviously just got picked on pure potential. They wanted me in the system. So I mainly was just doing work with Kevin Shine, who's the bowling coach, whilst the boy, you know, in, in the intervals and stuff. So, um, yeah, I was, I was just enjoying it, really. I was, it's a young lad, 18, 19, 20, just um, travelling the world, hanging out with, you know, some people and, and just having a, giving it a good crack. It was a good trip. But I remember one of my memories of Tamal was that he was obviously very, no one really knew a lot about him because he hadn't really played much cricket. I mean, I hadn't been around that long, but I'd been around a couple of years at least. But no one really knew much about him and no one really seen him bowl. And then when we started seeing him bowl, it was like, fucking hell, he can bowl quick. It was horrible to face. <laughs> that one, like for batters, that one for me. But then you remember facing, like bowling up to Bangladesh, you scared the shit out of some of their, some of their young lads, didn't you? You rattled them. You probably should have played more than one game because you, you might have done a bit better out there. But Yeah, I wasn't fit. I remember I played one game and I, I, I bowled like seven and a half overs and I got cramped. I had to come off. It was obviously very hot. <laughs> yeah. I, wasn't, I wasn't used to, obviously, the... You know, again, it was the, the first real proper trip I've been on to play cricket and maybe a bit of nerves and you tense up a little bit, but I got cramp after about seven and a bit over. I think I bowled all right in those seven overs, but um, it was a good learning experience for sure. Cool. So what kind of speeds are we talking? When, when were you your fastest? Because obviously you've had the back issue and stuff in, in recent years, but when do you think you were, you know, there must be a game or a particular passage of play perhaps where you have thought to yourself, yeah, this is seriously coming out hot here can you pinpoint it yeah I had a few I had a few games the year before last um I was playing in the PSL for 
um, Peshawar Zalmi. I went out, flew out there, played, was playing for those those guys in Pakistan. And um, you know, you look at the foot, you come off the field, and obviously you see your people message you say, "Oh, you're bowling quick." And I, I had a few games in a row where I was kind of consistently bowling kind of over 150 k's an hour, which is obviously kind of 94 around that. I felt really good then. I remember, you know, you just have those those times when you're feeling really good, really really fresh. Um, that was a time I felt really good. Even last summer, to be fair, I did some work, kind of changed kind of fitness work during the lockdown when we weren't obviously able to to do much. And then I came into the blast this year and, you know, I was still bowling, you know, 93 mile an hour in the in the TV. We played one TV game this year against Hampshire, but it was nice to you know see that you're still bowling quick. But um, yeah, look, so far, I've, unfortunately, I've been injured a lot. But one of the main things that's kept me going is that I'm still, every time I come back, I'm still bowling quickly. That's um, that's kind of the one thing that, that keeps really keeps you going during the you know the rehab you it's not it's, it's going to start getting tough when you're rehabbing to come back as a, a you know a lesser player so hopefully uh I've, I've got, that doesn't quite hit me just yet and um yeah I'll still be bowling quick this summer as well have you got any tips to see um for, for our co-host Brooksy on how he might be able to clock up to 94 this summer <laughs> well, I've seen him. He's 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 been in, he's been on the slab, hasn't he? He's got a new new Achilles, some new knees and stuff. So he should be he should be he should be bowling like a twenty five year old. He's gonna be bowling wheels this summer. You wait. <laughs> he's been into the shop, got the MOT, full full works, and now he's um, he's ready he's ready for action. I could only dream, mate. I'd love to have even like one spell at that sort of pace just to see. I'll just bowl bowl short all the time. I think as well. But... Yeah, that's what I tend to do. <laughs> it works, mate. It works. No nose or toes, isn't it? Well, more, yeah, more nose than toes, but you're, um, yeah, you're still really young though for a cricketer. So I mean, the injuries you've had have obviously been shocking, and like it's going to eat away at you. But you've still got age on your side, and you're still delivering. So like, one thing I did notice actually from looking at some photos of us when we did play together like ten years ago, like how your body's changed a bit. You obviously were always big and strong, but it looked like you were a lot heavier back then. You obviously you slimmed down a lot over the years, haven't you? Yeah. So I was. That was another thing of kind of coming to the sport late and. You know the the habits. I'm sure it might have been the same with you, Brooks. Also, I know you came to cricket, professional cricket, late. You, you, I didn't come into professional cricket ready in terms physically. Do you know what I mean? Um, I was, you know, I know my skin when I was younger. My skin folds would have been over a hundred. I've I've always been over a hundred kg. At one point, when uh, it, myself and Harry Gurney went on that England Ashes Ashes tour the, as, as net bowlers for for a month. It was honestly, it was the best gig ever. I was what 22, 23. <laughs> um, we got treated like as if we were part of the team, but just with literally zero, none of the responsibility, none of the pressure, you know, all the kit and stuff. Did a bit of warm up, we'd bowl our five, six over spell at the boys or whatever, and then we get told, okay, you know, we, we you didn't want to be getting in the way whilst they're getting ready for obviously an Ashes series. So we didn't hang around, we didn't um, do any of the fielding or anything or the batting. We just, as soon as we bowled our spell, we could just go back to the hotel. So we, you know, pretty much had a had a month of you know beers and burgers most days, and we then had a and then the England it Lions. like the best gig ever, by the way. G- genuinely, it it, <laughs> it was like it was quality. We literally for a month just travelled around with the England team, you know, got got pissed and and bowled it and just bowled in the nets. As you say, no real pressure to bowl well as long as you you know you're bowling straight at ish, and then um, yeah. But then the England Lions came out. We had a performance tour we had a training camp for a couple of weeks then we played a couple of three-day games against Queensland and Western Australia and I was yeah my, my skin folds like over 110 I think my body weight was up at, towards 110 as well Ash, Ashley Giles who was head coach at the time he nailed me like I got a you know genuine 
genuine bollocking. Um, so that was <laughs> that was pre Christmas, and I got told that if I didn't, you know, I had to cut, you know, however many kg and however much off my skin folds by mid January. Otherwise, I couldn't go on the Lions tour to um, Sri Lanka, which was in February. So I had a I had to take that seriously I, over Christmas as well. So I did a Christmas, you know, completely off the booze and stuff as a what 22, 23 year old. Um, but you know, I did did what I had to do. Then ended up having a, a decent tour of Sri Lanka after that. But um, yeah, that I've had some you know some interesting. It's not until you actually sit down and talk about it like you do now that you really kind of look back and, and smile and laugh about it. I still smile and laugh about a few things we do when we're younger. Like we'll move on from <laughs> after this story. But I just remember that human pyramid we did in a nightclub in Potchester. <laughs> we, there's a famous student nightclub in Potchester called Bourbon Street. Bourbon and, Street. Uh, Obviously, we're in a small group of seamers, like you bond, you get close, like obviously Mills and me room together for three weeks, you end up just talking about all sorts of rabble and getting close to people, but the six of us were all pretty tight the whole three or four weeks, and we went out together, and I think it was me, Boyd Rankin, and Tamal on the bottom, you had like Mika, and, Mika and James Harris in the middle, and, and Nathan Buck perched on the top, we did this human <laughs> pyramid in a nightclub it was rogue all the locals were thinking well who the hell are these fellas like absolute cowboys on their on their like one night off for the trip just going absolutely crazy in this half empty you can kind of call it nightclub in small back town uh south africa but um yeah it's, it's, it's the memory you look back on it don't you and you laugh for sure yeah england boys <laughs> making all the noise back then <laughs> i just love that absolutely love that um Back to, I mean, you know what's interesting? We had um, John Lewis on um, yeah. the uh, Barmy Army TV this week, actually, and he was um, he was really, really good, really nice guy, engaged, isn't he? Isn't he quite funny as well? And you'll have worked quite closely with him uh, yeah. tomorrow, won't you? I, I'm guessing. Is it is that was he part of the reason why you kind of moved back to Sussex? Um, and you know, you kind of got stuck in because obviously at the time there was. You know, loads of fast bowlers coming out of Sussex, wasn't there? And obviously now we've seen Joffre Archer flourishing yeah. there. And now John's moved into working with the England setup proper to probably presumably help Joff and get him ready for Australia. What what kind of a setup and an environment is, is Sussex like? Yeah, so look, I love it down here. So I, I never met Johnny Lou until I signed down here. So Johnny, the year I'd left Essex and joined Sussex, Johnny had just retired as a player and had gone into the the fast bowling um, coach's role. So that was the first time I met him. I actually, I really joined because again, that winter before that I'd just spoken about, we went on that Lions tour to um, Sri Lanka. Mark Robinson was the was the head coach of the Lions tour that winter. And I, I got along really well with him. Um, and then obviously I went back to Essex and, you know, things didn't work out there and, you know, just started to start to speak to some other counties. Robbo called me up, um, you know, asked, invited me down and he was probably the main reason I, I left um, or sort of chose Sussex instead of other counties. And then, yeah, once I got down there, you know, I, I loved it. It was a complete change of scenery, very different to, to Essex, different environment, different setup, uh, different facilities. Um, but yeah, I've, I've loved it down here. They've been, you know, very good to me. Obviously, I signed down there initially, what, like five, six years ago to play all forms of cricket. And they, you know, I spent a really good winter with them, getting fit and strong and, Start. We went. We went away pre-season tour. My first year to Abu Dhabi. Um, everything really good. You know, I'm feeling in good shape. I'm bowling overs. Um, played the first championship game. Everything went really well there. Uh, and then the second championship game, Ajmal Shahzad had food poisoning on like day one, so we were down a bowler. So 
I ended up bowling um, a bit more, well, a lot more. I think I bowled about 14, 15 overs by tee, but was feeling really in really good nick. And then that first ball after tee, I had, you know, re reoccurrence of the, the back problems that I'd had previously where I kind of get these shocks down my legs and weakness and, you know, all quite scary stuff. And, you know, from there, it was obviously not, not a good time, but Sussex, they were, they were brilliant about how they handled me, even though it was quite obviously uh, serious and scary, but they've supported me all the way once I'd obviously decided to only play T20 cricket from, from that moment on, really. Um, you know, they've been nothing but good to me even now. You know, I'm, people say, oh yeah, you're a freelance cricketer, but you know, I'm not really, I'm, I'm always, I'm contracted to Sussex 12 months of the year. This is, you know, I'll always prioritise playing, you know, playing for Sussex in the blast. Uh, they look after me, you know, like now I'm, I'm in, I'm in with the boys every morning in the gym, you know, I'll bowl at the lads in the nets and when I'm, even if it's just, you know, they're getting ready for four day cricket, I'll, I'll get a red ball and bowl at them because it's obviously better than bowling at a cone a lot of the time. Um, so yeah, I'm, I'm forever really indebted to Sussex and I'll hopefully be kind of down here a long time. What was Dizzy yeah, like, mate? Uh, Dizzy and I had a, we didn't really have much of a relationship being completely right. honest. Yeah. Um, He's not obviously your kind of your hands-on coach, is he? Um, so, and because I only played T20s, it was kind of a case of if I was fit, I was in the team. So we didn't really have a lot, an awful lot to kind of talk about, if that makes sense. I know people. Um, I, hope, I hope it's not too controversial of a of a of a take, but um, yeah, he was more. He was more. Um, obviously, the, with the way county cricket is, you obviously spend a lot more time with the four-day cricket and the. 50 over cricket than you do the the T20. So he, um, I know the boys definitely enjoyed him when he first came about the environment that he created at, um, at Sussex. It was very different to how Robbo and Mark Davis had run it previous, previously to him. The boys, you know, felt felt more relaxed uh, kind of around, you know, through the the county season, which um, which was really good. But um, but yeah, that's about it, really. Fair enough. Oh yeah, sorry, but maybe in terms of I had a very good relationship with Johnny Lou. Johnny Lou was obviously the bowling coach there. So he was kind of my port of call. He was who I, um, you know, bounced off, talked to, spent my most time with um, all throughout my time at Sussex. And now James Kirtley, who um, who took over from, from Johnny Lou, we've got a great relationship as well. So for me, um, I've, I've always found that really, I've always been closer with the bowling coach than I have been the head coach. Same back when I was at Essex, Chris Silverwood was the bowling coach for my whole time at Essex. Um, whilst Paul Grayson was the head coach and that's sure Brooks you will attest to that also that's who you spend your time with isn't it that's who you're out there working with he's catching the balls for you in the mitt he's doing whatever although I'm sure Johnny Lee doesn't say that he's rubbish on the mitt he never he never likes to take it he'll always <laughs> the way I remember the worst thing uh, so Sussex we have interns and that um that so like SNC interns, analyst interns that are part of their uni degrees, you know, years, you know, sandwich degrees and stuff. The worst thing that there's one one lad, Luke Young's worst worst thing he ever did, told Johnny Lou that he's a club wicketkeeper, because then <laughs> for the whole for the whole summer, um, Johnny Lou didn't catch a ball, and Luke, who was supposed to be getting his you know his experience in SNC for his degree, was spent the whole summer catching balls for the for the bowlers <laughs> behind the stuff. <laughs> That's brilliant, ruined it. <laughs> I completely get you though, mate. With the, like, for me, the best coaches are the ones that I get on best with. Um, probably away from cricket as well. They treat you like a human and speak to you away from cricket. Yeah. And you, na you naturally get that relationship by spending more time with them. And I can completely see why you wouldn't bond with someone who you're hardly ever going to see or be around much. Whereas, you know, someone you're going to spend a lot of time with, like Johnny Lou or 
specific bowling coach. You just want that relationship. Some people just thrive in that with that sort of coach, don't they? So I completely get you where you're coming from with that. Yeah, definitely. Look, you focus on the T20 stuff now, and I mean, you know, that's that's obviously great for you. I mean, first of all, look, how is how is the back? Because that's I'm not talking about cricket wise. I mean, just for you, is it all right? It's not causing you any pain at the moment. That's obviously a key thing, isn't it? A lot of people, it get, does get to a stage if you've got a recurring thing, isn't it? It's a case of just being all right and being able to walk and live a full and healthy life. So I'm guessing the back's all right and cricket okay at the moment if, you, if you're doing what all you're doing at the moment. Yeah, so it's kind of twofold. So I had obviously these serious problems that were more, they were more neurological. They weren't, there wasn't actually any, I wasn't in pain as such. So I won't go into it because it's very long and in depth, but I basically I'd bowl and I'd have these shocks around my waist into my legs, weakness around my legs. So that was back when I, that was when I was at Essex, so when I was twenty one maybe. Um, and look, so even from that, I had kind of nerve damage from that. So even now, what nine years on, I've still got maybe on my right leg patches where it's numb. So my thigh, there's numb patches. On my calf, there's numb patches. It doesn't affect me. It's not it's not painful, but you know you could stab me with a knife and I, I wouldn't really uh, I wouldn't really feel it on my right leg in, in certain patches um so there's there's you know there's residual um effects from that which obviously isn't ideal but um yeah it was more this this the scary stuff at the time when you know initially when it happened you know in the immediate aftermath when you do a squat and you can barely get back up again that's obviously um not not ideal um but luckily so since then you know the right decision was made and I was looked after by, you know, some really good neurologists and specialists in London and they kind of predicted that they, 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 couldn't, they couldn't really put a finger on it, but they, they came to the conclusion that it was only happening when I bowled a lot of overs. So they, they kind of, they're quick, not quick, sorry, they're very thorough, but their kind of, um, their summation was that, okay, if you don't bowl as much, this shouldn't happen. And luckily, since obviously I made that decision to only play T20 cricket, it hasn't happened again. So, um, you know, I think we're on top of it, which is nice. And But unfortunately, since then, obviously, I've had all, all different other injuries as well. I had a stress fracture last year as well, which is a, a physical injury. That one obviously hurts and you don't um, you don't enjoy that. But yes, the, the main, um, the serious injury, the one that could could have potentially had problems down the line in terms of, as you say, your health and your day-to-day life. That obviously hasn't um, hasn't happened again since I only played T20 cricket now. It's really interesting how you must have had to build up so much mental resilience to just say, to keep going, to keep getting out of bed every morning and training and trying to fight back from injury to injury. Hats off to you for, for not um, giving it up. But what do you put that down to? Do you just have to have a strong mindset and to keep pushing yourself every day? Or how do you deal with that? I think so, yeah. And... Ultimately, what else are you going to do? You don't want to get a normal job, do you? So you're gonna you're gonna you, you're gonna do what you've got to do to to get back. What's what's the other option is retire? Yeah, you'll get an injury settlement for that'll keep you ticking over for for a year or two. But you know, that, then what? What are you going to do? You want to be playing cricket, don't you, for as long as you can? Um, so ultimately, that <laughs> um, I was also like, I'm not naive to the facts that if I always found white ball cricket easier, and I was I found I was better suited to white ball cricket with the lengths I bowl the skill sets that I'd naturally had. If it was the other way around and I was a better uh, red ball bowler, I would have probably had to retire because I wouldn't, you know, Sussex probably wouldn't want to pay me to just play T20 cricket. Teams around the world obviously wouldn't want to pay me to play T20 cricket. So I wouldn't really been able to have a, have a, have a, a successful career anyway. So I was lucky. I'm, I'm not naive to that. And, and yeah, I just, I wasn't ready to give up and I'm, you know, I'm still not ready to give up and you, you 
as you say, the the other alternative isn't isn't as, as fun as what what we do for for a living. So for as long as you can do it, you got to keep you got to keep trying. That's that's my that's my motiv- motivation anyway. Did you learn that off Jimmy and Brody? I don't think they're well, ever going to retire. No, nah, exactly. <laughs> think about it. and those guys have obviously had an amazing career. They've earned loads of money. They'll and they'll, they'll they they could stop tomorrow and yeah. not have to do an awful lot more for the rest of their lives if they if they wanted to. I'm sure, but they obviously just love they love cricket and they're still at the top of the top of the tree, aren't they? They're still you know you watch Jimmy bowling today. What was he five maidens on 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 the spin this morning He's in the toughest conditions for a fast bowler? He's obviously still still up there in the world. So I I don't see why he would have any any motivation to to stop, and I doubt he will. I could bowl 90 odd clicks. I'll be trying to do it as long as I could as well, as long as it's like two. <laughs> yeah, but like, but like I said, the moment the moment that that's clear that it's slowing down and it's stopping, then you know those those rehabs get harder, don't they? They get less uh, worthwhile. So, um, as I said, hopefully that won't be the case, and and I'll still be bowling quick for for a good while yet. And um, yeah, that, that does keep you going definitely. Did you turn yourself into a batter, mate? Has your batting improved over the <laughs> It has to have improved. I literally didn't know which way up to hold it. There's a photo. <laughs> I, don't know if, I don't know if you were playing. I think you were playing for North Ants. I don't know if you'd left. I'm sure you would have been. It was a game at at, um, at North Ants, a four-day game for Essex. There's a bit. There's a photo of me looking as big as a house with my thigh pad and all the all the gear on. I go for a big a big flick through mid-wicket off um, Stephen Crook, and then it's just the middle stumps just. Back in the, <laughs> back in the pavilion, um, yeah. I've always thought I'm your typical. I was always your typical tailender. If I faced 10, 12 balls, I thought I'm in here. Like I can. <laughs> I'm, no stop. There's no stopping me now. They, that sounds familiar. Eye. Yeah. This this batter this batting like God. But um, yeah, like I've, I you know, I work hard at it. But obviously playing T20 cricket, I don't actually get very many opportunities to to bat. So it's it's hard sometimes to to show off the work you've been putting in. No, exactly, mate. Um, I think Max, Max Waller bats eleven for us, and he faced one ball last summer. Yeah, I I um, I'm sorry. I bat I batted in the quarterfinal, hit six first ball. Um, but uh, apart from that, that was the, that was like the first ball I'd faced for Sussex in I think three seasons or something. Like, oh, wow. yeah, obviously, we've, yeah, obviously we've got a good side, and I've missed games, obviously injured as well. But yeah, I just don't, I don't get close, don't get my pads on off for for most seasons, which is which isn't the worst thing. Ideal. Um, Tomorrow, looks. Let's talk franchise cricket. It's obviously something that you love and you've, yeah. you've uh, you know really embraced and got stuck into. Um, first of all, the PSL. I mean, what's what's that like as an experience? Because I know they go absolutely mad for it. Pakistan is, you know, a, a, a brilliantly crazy cricket nation, aren't they? Um, and then, I mean, compare and contrast that to the IPL, of course, which you've experienced. I mean, you're treated like God, aren't you, when you're playing in the IPL? Yeah. So first of all, I love the PSL. It's the, it's the tournament I've played the most in. I've had a lot of success in it. I've played for uh, three different teams in four seasons. I've, I've got to miss out this year. I didn't put my name in, had a few injuries. But yeah, it, you learn a lot. I think that that's probably the, the competition I've probably learned the most um, off the field in terms of, you know, culture and, and things like that. Obviously, so the, one of the first few times I went, it was held in the UAE, which... You know, is 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 a cracker really for an overseas player? You're in Dubai, in Abu Dhabi, just yeah, yeah. having a having a having a cracker really. But and then, but you go to Pakistan, then obviously you're you're more constrained. You can you know you can't really leave the hotel and, and do whatnot. But the the passion for the game and the crowds and everything is you know is it, it, huge. But 
yeah, you, playing franchise cricket, you learn so much, you, so much more than what you would would ever learn otherwise. Traveling the world, you know, knowing that you know it, it catches you off guard. But now I know that if we've got training on a Friday afternoon, I know we're going to be there a long time because you've got Friday prayers. They have to, which are, which go on for longer. So you oftentimes training will just stop for forty five minutes whilst they all um, the local lads obviously all all have their prayer time um, or different guys will be praying at different times of the day. So there'll always be stoppages. So this is all stuff that you, you know, you, you don't think of, you're going to play franchise cricket, um, but it's very real. Uh, you, you obviously can't get around it. The games start at a stupid, stupid hour. You sort of kicking, kicking off at nine o'clock at night and finishing at one in the morning. I remember, <laughs> I remember one game, Umar Gul, we were playing in um, Sharjah, a late game, finished at like one in the morning. Um, driving back to, to the hotel. Umar Gul's got his little girl with him. She's on the bus with us at one in the morning. Hands her a can of full fat diet, a uh, full fat Coke to get some more sugar in her coming back on the bus. I was looking around like, these boys don't, they literally don't sleep. Um, you'll get <laughs> franchise cricket. It can be a bit stressful. You'll get a message an hour before saying you're needed for a team function or sponsors do for five hours somewhere. And it's, it, it can be a bit stressful in, in that regard, but again, it's, it's kind of, you don't see it at the time necessarily, but it's first world problems. Um, but yeah, the IPLs obviously then takes it to another level in terms of engagement, in terms of all the sponsor stuff, you're shooting TV adverts, most nights you're, you're signing autographs, you're doing, uh, you know, appearances, Q and A's it's, it's obviously a huge, huge thing. Um, but and then the games are just, there's something else that's playing in front of you know, minimum 40,000 a night, depending on where you are. They're sold out. Uh, every game's full an hour before the, you know, the first ball's even bowled. It's, you know, it's, it's, it's proper. It's, um, you know, it's something that I, I definitely want to get back to doing, uh, get back to playing in again. Um, but yeah, franchise cricket is class. And it's so different. Everywhere you go, it's so different. Like every experience, you know, from Australia, New Zealand, uh, Pakistan, Bangladesh, everywhere has their own has their own nuances. Um, but yeah, it's, it's it's quality. I can't lie. What you what you yeah. thought on the upcoming hundred competition? Yeah, it's going to be class. Like I've got, I've been quite vocal on Twitter. Well, I have been when it first we got announced, and you had all the you know grumpy people say, who don't who can't deal with change saying how crap it's going to be. But it's 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 not. It's going to be quality. But you can't, especially look, the the draft, the second. Uh, draft has obviously been done you can't I'm sorry but nobody can say you, you look at those eight teams and think that those games aren't going to be quality cricket no matter what format it is t10 20 overs whatever you're going to want to watch even just on tv to see how it is you're going to there's going to be people in each team that you're going to want to watch um, I understand you know residual of effects um, kind of further down the chain potentially but in terms of a product I don't think it's going to be anything like um what's been seen so far in England just for the names and the quality um, and it'll also unearth, unearth new players new talent it's just every tournament you go to you know the Big Bash the PSL the IPL every year it unearths new talent there'll be some 18 19 year old kid get, who gets a chance and you know smacks a 70 80 90 or takes a FIFA or do you know, and the, who That's normally you, you normally you wouldn't have ever heard of this guy and then all of a sudden their career is going to take off and unfortunately one of the problems with the blast is that um, because there's so many games, you can't they can't be televised. So I'm sure you know Somerset with Brooksy or all around. It'll happen at every county. There'll be some somebody will play an amazing innings, you know, score a hundred even, you know, 80, 90, and they'll be just in front of the, you know, four or five thousand people at the ground, and then two stationary cameras at either end and a bit of Twitter 
you know, bit of Twitter love. But if that game was on, if that same person does the same innings in a game in the hundred, that's going worldwide and it's going in highlight shows and replays for however long. Then that person's career potentially skyrockets. So I'm obviously case in point of that. When I got that wicket of Chris Gale for Sussex way back when, if that game wasn't on Sky Sports, you know, the, the whole trajectory of my career probably would have been different. So I think that's that's something that people look past. Um, I think powerful, isn't it? Really yeah, powerful. it's huge. It's, it's, it's massive. But like, it, it, County, what do we play? In, in the group stage, we'll play two, maybe three games on TV out of 14. And the guys know when you're playing on TV, guys try harder. It's, 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 it's a fact. They'll obviously they'll, they'll have a haircut as well. They'll have a, they'll have a, boys will have a nice haircut, a nice beard trim, and they'll be <laughs> and they'll be wanting to score runs, take wickets, take catches because they know that if they do something on TV, there's a better chance of it, you know, just making its way around to Pakistan, to India, to Australia, as opposed to you know doing it just with your with your club's Twitter feed. It's the unfortunate reality, but it's it is reality. Yeah. Hey, I mean, look, we're going to keep it real on this podcast. Uh, look we don't want to talk about money it's a bit crass and all that particularly stuff going on in the world but let's be honest when you get signed up snapped up for that amount of money in the IPL I mean it's life changing for you isn't it at that point yeah. you've not seen money like that before in any way shape or form no. in the game it's it, it, you're in a very 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 small percentage of cricketers who will ever get auctioned off for something like that what was that like? Where were you? Were you I mean, I'm taking you were watching the draft at the time. You probably had a bit of an inkling that you were going to go for, you know, a decent amount. And you're obviously in that bracket. But I mean, where were you? I mean, I, I can't imagine mm-hmm. that feeling. It's almost like winning the lottery. Yeah. It's like, obviously, again, I've told this story quite a bit, but it's one, it's always one that I like to tell. And it's, it obviously takes me back to a, obviously a pretty nice place in, in my life. But mm. yeah, so obviously we played the, the T20 series in England, sorry, in India against India four years ago now, it's that long ago. Um, and then from India, a group of us flew to um, Dubai for the PSL. So I was playing in the PSL, played a few games. And then obviously the auction was coming up. Um, the kind of the list comes out for the order. So I, I knew I was in the, it was, it was a mini auction. So it wasn't the huge one. So I was in one of the first groups of fast bowlers. And yeah, my agent, he texted me the night before kind of a a rundown of each team. So he said, okay, you know, this team have only got this budget and they, they've already got their bowlers sorted. So they're not interested, but this team, they do need a bowler and they've got this much left. This team, they need a bowler. They got this much left. Blah, blah, blah. So we, I knew that there was interest. I knew that I was, you know, I was going to get picked. Well, you don't know, but you have a very, you, you know, you have a very good inclin- inclination that, that you're going to get picked. Um, so it obviously didn't have any idea of, of the money, but, you know, they knew that there were a few teams interested, so obviously, obviously I was excited. And being in Dubai, it was it was on TV, so it was just the auction was on whatever sports channel, and it was. So I woke up, but it was on at like seven in the morning. So I set my alarm, got up at seven. My best mate Tom Craddock, he um, he got up, he obviously knew I was getting picked up as well because you know, I obviously showed him the messages. So he woke up at like three in the morning in England. He couldn't find a stream, so he FaceTimed me watching it. On, on TV. Wow. So Crad is in wow. Crad is in Crad is in bed in um in Huddersfield. Huddersfield. <laughs> yeah in Huddersfield. Um FaceTiming me watching the, the TV. And then um yeah so Stokesy Stokesy was up before me and he went for more than what he went for massive that year. And because it's in craw and lack and I wasn't quite sure what's going on but once obviously Stokesy got bought and then obviously you're looking on Twitter and it's two million or whatever he got that year dollars 
And then obviously I came up and then you just see your little face pop up at the at the bottom of the screen. And then you're like, your heart's just like, <laughs> it's, it's crazy. And then, um, yeah, I had the Mumbai Indians and Kings 11. They were bidding for me back and forth. And then, you know, you're just watching it. You're like, you're just kind of nodding along to it. And then um, I think it looked like I was going to Mumbai for about 500,000 US, I think. It's on YouTube. I've, I've got it on YouTube saved. Um, and then, and then, so that it's a kind of Kings 11 drop out and then KKR and RCB come in out of nowhere and then they start going and it's just, again, goes, 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 goes. And then also it gets to, you know, whatever it got to and then the hammer drops and then literally, I remember I was silent, literally just looking at the screen and just like, again, I didn't know exactly how much it was because it was in a, a currency I didn't understand, but I knew obviously it had gone on a long time. So it was obviously a few quid. And um, yeah, obviously not long after that, my phone obviously just went ballistic, like nothing you'd um, you'd ever seen before. Um, yeah, it was, it was amazing. But then this, this, the strange thing was I was in the middle of a tournament. I was playing. We didn't have a game that day. I don't think I was playing for Quetta. And um, so we all, all the teams were staying in the same hotel in Dubai. Um, I was Luke Wright and Nathan McCullum were in my team. So, uh, so I text Wrighty um, and we went for breakfast outside the hotel. I didn't really want to be going to the, you know, the hotel buffet with seven other teams oh, there right. yeah, with a load of cricketers there. Um, but yeah, Nate, Wrighty and, um, and Nath made me buy breakfast that morning. Yeah, that's, I bet they did. Yeah, that, that's, that's for sure. <laughs> I was um, going to say, but. <laughs> so yeah, so th that was in, so that's February. So I kind of had the rest of the PSL to play, then come back to England for a few weeks, then fly out to India for the IPL. So obviously the, the auction happens, you know, two months before the tournament itself. You obviously don't get paid a penny until you get out there. People obviously forget that you, you know, tax is a real thing. You pay tax, the HMRC, make sure they get their, get their cut. Um, but yeah, as you say, it sets you up for, for life. You lose some, so, you know, you get injured, you lose a proportion of it. So you don't, you don't get all of it. So I lost some because I was injured during the tournament. Um, but yeah, as you say, it makes, you know, if you, as long as you're, you're wise with how you did, I was lucky enough to, to be surrounded with some good people to help me, help me. I didn't know what to do with that money. You know, I've never, as you say, I come from very you know, single parent family, no money at all. You know, I'd start to earn a bit money on the, on the T20 circuit, but at even that point I was going, I was going in at the, the base price, um, of all the drafts because I just wanted to get out there and play and then obviously I did well and got this so yeah I, had luck, I was lucky I had some good kind of infrastructure around me to help get these things sorted and you know get money put away and invest and save and property and and all those good things and um, yeah it's obviously something that I look back on with hugely fond memories but it's not it's also not a level I've been able to get back to since unfortunately and it's something that um, you know I definitely feel I have unfinished business when it comes to the IPL. Yeah. Well, did you uh, buy your mum a holiday or anything? Nah, not my mum wouldn't take a penny off me, bless her. She's the most like she's she's always she always says, Oh, if I if I if I got given a million pounds, I'd give away most of it. I was like, Yeah, of course, of course you would. <laughs> but um but no nah, mum yeah mum's all yeah, mum mum knows she's she's all looked after she, she sounds like the most generous Yorkshire woman out there, I thought. I know they're not they're few and far between, but as I said, we, we, we left we left a long time ago, so you start to lose um lose a few of the tendencies, don't you? <laughs> Fair enough, mate. With um with all the issues you've had of injuries and the short span of a career in sport as well. 
for someone to strike goal like that is fair play to you. Like, Absolutely. A lot, of, a lot of players want to be doing that anyway. So it's, you know, fair play to you. Cheers, Doug. Yeah, you hey, look, you've earned that, mate. Absolutely earned it. Brilliant stuff. Look, only 28. What's next? What is next? Because you've had that taste, haven't you? Wearing the three lines on your chest. And I mean, you must be gasping for a bit more of that action if you can. And it's not that, you know, it's not that difficult a task for you, is it? I mean, you know, you've done it before. You've reached that level before. And you're playing sort of really high-end franchise stuff. It's, it's something that it's got to be within touching distance again, hasn't it? Yeah, I literally, I did an interview with Crick Info today this afternoon because it's, it's four years since that tour of India and then the IPL. So it's a long time. And that was the last time I played for England. So I've not played for England for, for four years, um, which, you know, until the, the guy texted me, I didn't really actually realise. It's, it's obviously a long time. Um, yeah, look, I'm, not, uh, I'm not really a, in terms of my cricket, I'm not really a goal-orientated person. But if you know, if I was to have two goals, it would be to play for England, you know, get back playing for England again, and to to go to the IPL again because I feel it's two. There in in my world in T20 cricket, they're the two obviously kind of the, the pinnacles. And I've had, as you say, a little taste. I feel I'm good enough to perform at that level. I, I think I've proved it in the short game in the short amount of times I have played for England. I only played four games, but I feel I'm good enough. You know, rightly or wrongly, I feel I'm good enough to. To get into the side, um, I feel my skill set isn't replicated still kind of anywhere else in in England. Um, but for me, it's been my body kind of. I've, I haven't, if I'm being completely honest, I don't think I've had eight months, maybe maybe a year, definitely a year without a you know a pretty decent injury, whether it be a you know a hamstring tear, a quad tear, or, you know a back injury. So for me, that's all I'm focusing on at the moment. I've had to make this winter I had to make quite a difficult decision to kind of shut down for a whole winter to kind of get the body right again. Um, knowing that this summer coming up now is obviously a huge one for me. Um, having the blast in June, then the 100 in July, and then hopefully knockout stages of the blast if, if we get there afterwards. Um, so kind of dedicating the winter and then the spring, and early part of the summer to to getting the rig right and and having a, having a good crack at it. Because when I'm fit and I'm out there, I, I back myself you know to the hilt. Again, rightly or wrongly, I, 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 I always do. It's, it's probably been one of one of my main strengths as a cricketer is is my you know my ability, my belief in my own ability. Um, so yeah, that's 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 the aim for the summer. I'm not thinking about you know T20 World Cups, playing for England, etc. Because I I feel in my heart of hearts, if if I stay fit and perform to the best of my ability, then I'm good enough to to show that I, I belong in that in that stage. So. Um, if I look after my rig and, and, and the rig looks after me, hopefully, you know, those two things will go hand in hand and I can get back to where I, I want to be. And, and if I can't, that's that's okay. And I just want to be playing cricket regularly, as, as, as Brookshire will say as well. There's nothing worse than being out of the game watching when you should be playing, um, you know, missing tournaments, missing games that you know you you would be playing in. Um, it's, 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 a, it's, a, it's a shit feeling, especially, you know, you don't mind it once, twice, whatever, but as soon as it starts to become reoccurring, you get a bit fed up sometimes and, and that's where you have to kind of dig deep and, and go again. Yeah, um, is the next T20 World Cup in Australia? Uh, they swapped them, so it's in India. At the end of the, this, the, so there's back-to-back -back years, so you've got India this year, then Australia the, the year after, so you've got two in, two in two years, yeah. Yeah, sweet. I'd love to see you in, uh, well, India obviously, but Australia wickets as well. If somebody was not your clicks, left armour as well, England would be silly not to have a serious look at a fit tomorrow, Mills, if he's 
if he's in form. So um, I'm backing you, mate, if you can keep that rig chunking over. Yeah, cheers, mate. I I, I prefer bowling on, on slow wickets, to be honest. They're better for the slower balls. Obviously, your pace comes off at a kind of an awkward pace. I often, I often find that when I get on a quick track, I end up going for runs because, you know, edges fly everywhere. Guys that are obviously good at playing pace really climb into you. You get... Yeah, the ball absolutely pisses off the bat. So um, I don't, I don't actually mind. That's why I've done well in, you know, the PSL and playing in the UAE a lot. Those kind of slower pitches, um, they tend to suit my game a bit better. But yeah, I'm not, I'm not turning down a gig anywhere that anywhere that one comes up just because it's in Australia or whatever. Well, if you fancy a gig, my um, club wicket, Parkhead in Sheffield, little team, really, really slow deck, especially in May. Sounds good. Sounds good. Uh, Tamal, absolute pleasure. And uh, look, by the way, as well, for what it's worth, just before you came on and talking to us, we were saying that when you have done the punditry stuff, me and Brooks were just saying, weren't we, uh, Brooks? We were saying when you've done the punditry stuff, a bit for TMS and whatnot, we think you're great. So that sports journalism degree that you started, it's not wasted, mate. It's not wasted. Oh. So uh, <laughs> Thank you very much. And you've, been, and you've been the same on here as well, being a great sport. Thanks for being a great guest and really insightful. And um, a big summer ahead and wish you all the best we'll be watching with interest buddy yeah appreciate it thanks guys keep up the good work cheers Millsy take care mate I'll see you soon Network.